Hey, Tucker. Hey, Todd. This part's going to be pre-recorded, so act professional, okay? I'll do my best. This is the Tucker and Toddcast, a podcast in which we write adventure stories for our YouTube sketch show. I'm Tucker. And I'm Todd. Okay, now we can get on to the show. Hooray! <sighs> Confetti. So, if we're going to cold open, we are in either in the studio or we are in the outside, just on the other side of the door that is not active. Yeah, that was actually so a couple you were giving me things to ponder. And as I was pondering them, I was wondering if uh, because right now in time, because of the restore, the door doesn't actually work. Yeah, it just leads to a red brick wall behind it. What if the cold open takes place thousands of years in the future when it also doesn't work for a different reason, but the audience doesn't know that? Oh. And it's sort of it's sort of like a ruin. There's like a fucking it's like fucking Narnia. And there's like a, a fawn playing his little pan flute on this ruin of I guess it's also sort of a uh, um, Lorax thing. So it's after the end. Yeah, it's after the end. Yeah. And, and the it's the ruin of whatever building came after whatever building came after whatever building that was the studio. Yeah, but there's some sort of little thing left over that indicates that it is the remnants of the studio. There's a, an old burnt out no Hitler sign hanging above it. Gregory House is giving disgruntled tours of it. It's a historical site. <laughs> he's back. <laughs> no, he's forward or whatever. Yeah, OK, fine. <laughs> Get technical. <laughs> OK, so we are in the perspective of our side of the door, but far in the future, and it's not active. Oh, our side of oh of the studio. Okay. Well, yeah. If we're if we're in the future, remember time is irrelevant on the in the outside. Yeah. So for time to really matter, it has to be on our side of the door. That's true. Yeah, that's true. Okay, interesting. But it's after the end, so it's in a ruin, and the the only thing that's still in good condition is the door itself, but it's not functional. Well, does that mean so that means that if if we're in on our side in the future, then that has no none of the stuff we had planned has any relevance then. So I think maybe I want to scrap that because I liked the idea of messing around in the outside side. Can't somebody wants to go through, but can't I like the whole Hitler wants to come through from the outside side, but can't because the, the door doesn't work. Oh, I've got plans for him trying to get through once it does work. Okay, so do oh, so do the plans that you would kind of had arranged would they work to sort of retrofit that onto the the after the end in the ruins kind of thing? Not particularly. <laughs> okay, <laughs> but if you if you have something you'd like to explore with that, there's no reason we can't have a cold open in the future and then just be like, bam, present day. Either that, or I, it can I, be it can be said in the past when the door actually you know before the reset when the door actually worked. Before the reset, when the door actually worked. Yeah, I, 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 if it's going to be a cold open, I think I would like it to be as clean as possible. The Whatever the cut is going to be, I'd like the, the open itself to be self-contained as much as possible and then cut away to now. If if we were going to show the uh, the door operating in the past before the reset, when it was still functional, it would be an opportunity to either show uh, an existing cast member using it to travel into the studio or to leave 
and what how it would basically transition into the present day is a a sort of a repetition of that same process but it would be immediately stymied by the fact that when the door opens there's nothing behind it oh that's interesting okay so if the cold open is in uh is in our side of the studio pre 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 reset yeah and then and then cuts to the outside now and then cuts to now on the other side just it's just a a quick little sequence to kind of show what the door can do what it what it once did right and then we immediately juxtapose it with what the door does now which is yes show the state right exactly not necessarily explaining why it's in that state no but just yeah okay i like that yeah okay uh yeah a flashback okay that's good and also the the boys are totally ignorant of its functionality they're just to them it's a novelty it's just like a cool door in the studio that doesn't go anywhere right okay so do you recall then do you recall any particularly or are you uh are you partial to any specific uses of the door at any time i can't remember if we ever even worked in using the door in season one it was there (laughs) in for its uh for its very first showing the door was actually just uh it was only being used as a time machine basically but it it in that same sketch where we introduced it we we invented the outside but at first the outside wasn't like its whole dimension it was really just like a little pocket of space in this like interdimensional place that was nothing more than a place for a lineup a a best a bus bench a street lamp and then the door to get into our place I like if I recall correctly, the the true origin of the outside was it was the place where people, certain types of people could they were welcome to listen to our podcast, but they weren't allowed in. Yeah, that that <laughs> was how it started. Outside. You have to listen from outside. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and it's become so much now. Yeah, <laughs> it's the bread and butter of our whole operation. But we had discussed having our studio actually function as sort of like a club and right. people would be coming into it from the outside. And I think there's still room for that, but that will have to wait until after the door gets activated. Right. So of course we have our little cold open. Oh, that's really interesting. I don't know if the idea that you had for the door is the idea that I just had, but it's kind of funny that uh i think one of the most notorious clubs in the entire world is in berlin which is in germany which is associated with our friend (laughs) (laughs) and so i think it would be kind of funny if there was a bunch of of like uh cyberpunk like or like like gutter punk trance punk club partiers club partier hitlers (laughs) trying trying to get into the club Oh yeah, I uh, I had I had ideas for like multiple iterations and versions of Hitler for sure. We are dressed up like we are in that movie Hackers, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) They come in looking like they're right out of Tron. (laughs) Yeah, but yeah, uh, there there I definitely intended for there to be multiple incursion attempts by various Hitlers. It doesn't even have to be the same one trying to get in multiple times in different disguises. Each each one can be a different instance of Hitler. But that okay. would be that would be the origin of the no Hitler sign. That's the the origin of the no Hitler sign. So I'd like to nail down. Hmm. So the no Hitler sign 
what timeline does the no Hitler sign get created in? Well, let's see. Let's assume that it was already there. And and after we start bouncing all these Hitlers out of there, we're like, so that's what the sign's for. Oh, so so the the Hitler's trying to come through takes place in the now uh, the now cr- the present of the season that we're creating. <laughs> yes, after after the door gets activated again and we start hosting historical figures in our studio, I assume actually that we're going to try and host them for interviews for, you know, actual legitimate studio purposes. Okay, but so but there's always I'm... the option to try and party. Is it then confusing if we start the episode with a flashback and then shortly within not too far of a sequence later have the same characters saying, I wonder what this door is for, even though we have a flashback showing them using it? Yeah, pretty much. Is that confusing? (laughs) Not if not if we properly kind of show it like in present day. Like it, the the it doesn't necessarily have to be a flashback. It could be implied to be a flash forward. Oh, I just had a good idea. Um, oh Jesus, excuse me. It, that was not the idea. Okay, good, because um, that was a bad idea. <laughs> it's a book ending thing. So in episode one, we started the episode with the God computer, uh, an ambiguous reference to the God computer doing the restore. Now. We start this episode with the God computer and this, the the flashback uh, being a scene loaded booting in the God computer. You're watching it through its monitor or whatever. Oh, it's reviewing a, a file name. It yeah. Like reviewing now reviewing file or record something something. Or or it's like a, a corny reference and and there's a, a YouTube overlay. And it is a uh, we're watching a video of the God computer reacting to <laughs> do that shit again. <laughs> but we're watching the maybe maybe it it would will back it off one layer and it's actually the God computer watching us react to something. Oh, I was just thinking it was the it's the God computer's YouTube channel and he's reacting to the video of us in the past. He's reacting to the memory. The God computer has a YouTube channel and we watch it. Yeah. (laughs) Well, no, not us. Just I'm imagining that the overlay, the audience is watching the video. It's literally the video. The the God computer's YouTube video is the cold open. I'm game. That's that's one way to introduce this. And then and then and then there's a it whites out. It whites out. And then it. Maybe it, yeah. The so the the last shot of the flashback is of the door, and then it does a a, a whiteout edit. And when the whiteout fades back in, it's present day, and, and it's, it's and it's on, on the, the door. door. Yeah, and, and that's, and that's when somebody opens and like, what's this even for? <laughs> yeah. Why do we yeah, have exactly. a door that goes nowhere in our studio? It was there when we got here. Same with that sign. Yeah, but the sign is cool. <laughs> I don't know what it means or what it's for, but it's cool. This door is useless. It's like those Che Guevara shirts, which comes back later in the Rebel plot. <laughs> okay, so now now we're we're back in present day and we're huddled around this door. We're not sure what it does. That means we need to call a detective. Oh, we know we know at least two. <laughs> yes. 
and one of them can reactivate the door with a touch. But we don't know that. No, and I don't know if he knows that. It might be totally accidental. That I think that would be a nice limitation for him to have. It's it's all well and good that we used all sorts of crazy horror magic to resurrect him from his sea can in the middle of a nightmare. Um, but I think it's interesting that he's tethered to us by his his bosses and he's limited to this dimension. And one of the limitations of being stuck in this his like corporeal form is that uh, he doesn't have all of his memories of his powers. Yeah, he um, it's not it's not super clear all the time what it is that he's capable of. And it's not even clear to him. Right. He's like 11, basically. <laughs> yeah. And uh, sometimes his stuff works and sometimes it doesn't. So he, like there's no consistent record of his success when it comes to trying to do his mojo. I just sipped my coffee way too loud. Did that make it onto the mic? <laughs> no, I, I didn't. <laughs> it was hear really loud. Schlock. <laughs> it really slapped the back of my uvula. <laughs> I do not have any coffee, or I would have tried to mimic it. <laughs> I just got rid of the last of it. Got rid of it? Yeah, down the hatch. Sipped it quietly. I didn't realize I could oh. have been doing it noisily and and made it into a talking point. I just had. Is an ovus an egg or is that an ovum? An ovus? Ovus. It's not really bringing anything up. Yeah, Google only brings up terrifying things. Definition, define. No, not onus, ovus. I don't want to look at Google anymore. My uh, my advertisements are crazy enough. <laughs> yeah, I'm not coming up with anything. Oh, that's unfortunate. I thought it would be kind of cool if we could do a last ovus. Yeah, I'm afraid and... it's. Yeah, I, I, I'm. I'm afraid it's ovum, and there is no ovus. Yeah. Oh well. The last ovum. <laughs> not bad. <laughs> it's almost a thing. <laughs> he was the best of them. <laughs> Okie dokie. This. Yes. So we're we're gonna thing. call our favorite amateur detective. She oh, she happens to be nearby. That's convenient. While she's in the studio, she works with us. At the very least, she's available. Is there any part? I hadn't thought of this before, but is is there any chance that she also works the reception desk? But kind of like lackadaisically, she's sort of like Randall from uh, Parks. See, why not? Either either that or, oh, maybe she does and she does it just like as Marge. Oh, that's fun. Because, that, oh, that's that goes along with the playing roles and just kind of having. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, she really seems to be just like into LARPing all the time. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, that that would be her her chosen receptionist personality. Is the mic picking up my neighbor's uh, vacuum? I don't think so. Okay. Maybe I should close the window. Yeah, whatever. If it's if you're if you're not thinking you're hearing it, then it will be something that can be click it out if I pick it up later. Um so we go grab our our junior detective. Yep, the straightest detective. She's gonna have to inspect the door. Hmm. Do you think I'm, she I'm... finds any clues or is it just a door with a brick wall behind it? I'm just I'm just I'm trying to I'm I'm acting out her like pointing out the obvious kind of thing. I'm trying to imagine what she would say. Hmm. That's definitely yeah. a door. 
A frame. <laughs> hinges. Hinges. You've got a knob. Yep. Gotta open and shut. Open and shut case here. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think that's an opportunity for her to pantomime that where she opens the door and then closes it. Open and shut case here. Yeah, she might open and shut. <laughs> Goes nowhere. Yep. Open and shut case. I think we want a second opinion. This is not a satisfying answer. That's that's when straight detective is going to have to call on her detective friend. Oh, is that is that what she's open and shut case? And we're like, so she says it's a door. And we say, that's it. Yeah, that's it. That, that won't do. That's not enough. This will not do. Up with this. I will not put. <laughs> and so that's when we go get Columbo. We need a second. Well, opinion. She, she she's going to go get Columbo. We haven't got to meet him yet. Oh, that's interesting. She goes and grabs him. We said, we want a second opinion. She, she kind of like begrudgingly is like, fine. She comes back a moment later. Can you please tell them this is a door? I have a feeling that even just looking at it is going to give Columbo some weird feelings. Like he knows, but he doesn't know. Like one of those, hmm, I feel like we've met before. Yeah, it's got that deja vu thing going on. One door thing. <laughs> <laughs> So he takes one look at it and kind of freezes. That, that's one door thing. He's going to get in close. He's going to sniff it. Give it a little taste. Yep. And and as oh. he's as he's getting like increasing levels of intimate with the door, the, the, <laughs> the boys are the boys are, are leaning in closer and tension is building. And and finally he says, yep. Open. <laughs> he turns around and open and shut case. And we're like, well, what is it? Oh, I've got a, I've got an idea. Mm. When Columbo opens it to say open and shut case, it doesn't lead to a brick wall. Oh, that's interesting. It, it just leads to a vortex, but he's not looking into it. So he's not aware of what <laughs> he's showing. He's like, yep. Like she said, open and shut case. He opens it and shuts it again. And they're like, what the hell was that? Whoa. And then, and then they open it and it's just a brick wall again. I like that classic there was there was a thing i swear you kids are seeing things they they push they push their straight detective you do it you try she opens it it's a brick wall yeah they get Columbo to do it one more time but he refuses or they get him to do it one more time and it doesn't work oh maybe they get him to do it one more time and uh this time the vortex sucks him through it is that what we're working towards is that what we want well, we want it to open up to the outside so that we can finally get the show on the road and start doing something that actually warrants having some bouncers. Hmm. If he gets sucked through, we might have to follow him. Oh, 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 forget it. We we just jumped. We jumped to the other side where the bouncers are like, did you see that? Like, oh, are there, are, there, are there bouncers there already? Yeah, the bouncers are just always there. That's their job. Well, then that means that they've been hanging out, waiting because I, I I think I wrote in here somewhere that they're actually they work for Columbo. So he falls through, dusts himself off, and they're like, "Hey, boss!" What the oh, hell? does he get sucked through? So, but but so but what? How? What was our response to that? Then we just met this guy, and he gets sucked into a, a random door. That's well, extremely. That means he, well, he's going to get sucked into the vortex in the door, and then Straight Detective is going to go after him. Oh, okay. Is this, was and this we're going to have to go after Straight Detective. Oh, I didn't this know. Was never, I didn't know. This was never part of the plan, but now we're improving. 
I guess, I guess we did. So I guess, okay, this is cool. I, I'm just, I'm just realizing that this is the intended end of season one. So it's okay for us to reintroduce the outside, I guess, because it's coming back next season. Yes. And like, I thought you wanted to play around with the outside. Well, I at I the thought... very least, we need to get to the little the little lineup stop outside this door. Yeah, I thought I thought genuinely that we were going to do a cold open of like a couple minute scene in the outside with just sort of referring to what it was and then move on from it entirely with not quite really referring to it because I felt I thought we had set a precedent for the season, but I'm happy to go ahead and off into it. Well, this this is how we get our Hitlers. OK, let's go get our Hitlers. All right. So so it works like this. Columbo will insist that there's nothing behind this door, fellas. And then he'll open it up and then very quickly get sucked into the vortex, you know, because now he's eaten his words. And of course, straight detective is alarmed by this and she's courageous in every way that we're not. So she immediately goes in after him because Columbo is her, her idol now, right. especially, especially after her last idol uh, a couple of sketches ago really badly disappointed her in Siberia. She's his Robin. Yeah, pretty much. So she she Robins after him. Yeah. And we're like, wait a minute, who's going to make us lunch? <laughs> so <laughs> let me go after her. That's interesting. Maybe there's a, a moment where we kind of stay behind. Like, I'm not going in there. Are you going in there? And also, I wonder if we should work in a line somewhere in the middle, somewhere in the in-between where we make a reference like we'll only do something if she agrees to make us lunch and then her disappearing through the door is like hey she promised she was going to make us lunch oh yeah interesting i wonder well i wonder where we would fit that in somewhere after our cold open well maybe maybe the only reason she agreed to come investigate the door was because we said that we would do something and then when at some point, we have the anti. I don't know. This can be fraught over later. We're extorting her for lunch. Yeah. Simple as. And now <laughs> she's been sucked through a vortex. Who's going to make us lunch? I guess we I, better I like, go after her. I like that we've progressed from breakfast to lunch. Yeah. Well, clearly breakfast isn't working <laughs> out for us as a pursuit. So now we get up at noon and we just have lunch. <laughs> yeah, we've just uh, breakfast is a lost cause. Yeah. We gave up on breakfast. It's failed us too many times. So now we just get up at noon and have lunch. But we won't have lunch if we don't go after her. So hell. that's right. So through the door we go. And then we we roll. We get spit out the door on the other side. We go flop, fall down. Or is it? I'm sorry. Is it funnier if we go to go after them, but we open the door and it's just a brick wall? <laughs> god damn it okay okay so the door the door closes behind straight detective yeah and then we go to open it and it's just a brick wall and we both (laughs) run into it yeah because it's it's funniest if we go charging in we we have to hype ourselves up a little we like we could do it yeah and so we we get ourselves amped up and then we open it and we charge without waiting and we run into the brick wall that is good if we spend a little time giving each other like a little pep talk. Yeah, so that so that we're no longer rational about this and we're no longer, you know, acting with caution. Yeah, that's funny. And then we, yeah, now we've been brick walled. And then it can cut to Columbo and Straight Woman. 
Yeah. In the outside we, on their own. I guess we don't get to go. <laughs> <laughs> no. Well, we've got other shit to do. We've got sketches to write. Well, I guess we've got work to do. As our time I've, I've actually got a, a plan for what we'll go and do while they're in the outside then. Okay, that's good. Yeah, because uh, guess what? Rebels is what's playing at the movie theater. Did our oh, <laughs> it's at the movie theater. That's fun. Yeah, and I've got a yes. This will be the one time where we don't actually, um, where we actually show ourselves going to the theater instead of like cutting away and revealing that we're watching. Okay, but that we can talk, we can discuss that in a bit. Where we're we're still in the time machine bouncers. The theater can, is literally can... a block away. Yeah, there's. <laughs> Maybe there's even a poster outside for None Taken too. Well, of course. <laughs> and Bewitched now. That's good. Yeah. Be there. All right. So we can we can now the boys have slammed into the wall. They're they've fallen down. They've probably got Tweety Birds around their heads and they're they're I don't know, missing teeth, got black eyes and stuff. They can they can now fade to black because they're they have a concussion and their their consciousness is Fading away, which allows us to transition to Straight Detective and Columbo, who just went for a tumble out that door. Mm, did Straight Detective go for uh, a tumble, but Columbo is like suavely, like lands smoothly on the other side. That'll go oh. chestnut. <clears throat> I like that. Either that or it goes the other way around. Oh, and he goes, I'm a little rusty. <laughs> yeah, whereas Straight Detective just like land. She just goes smoothly because she's just relaxed. She's a smooth operator. I like that. Oh, she also, since she's in her straight detective persona, that means she's going to be like randomly monologuing. So she probably monologues before she goes through the door. And she's definitely going to monologue after the bouncers pick up and dust off Columbo. I kind of like that. And they they could have a moment. I, I'm enjoying opportunities to kind of do some like character and relationship development between the two of them uh, and kind of with him as a mentor. But her also is obviously kind of capable. If she if she um, uh, what's the word, if she monologues here and mentions that he fell down as the, the bouncers help him up. If if he kind of says that's all you can do that, that that self-talk psycho babble jibber jabber is all you want as long as you don't mention to any of my pals that I fell down or something like that. Like kind of like acknowledges that what she does is weird, but says that it's okay as long as he do- she doesn't go with like embarrassing him. I uh, it probably is not that weird to him. Oh yeah, I guess so. <laughs> he's, he's. I mean, we were just in a black ocean full of eyeballs. <laughs> yeah, true. Yeah, his his bar for what is weird is untouchable for the rest of us. But he he will definitely remark that she better not tell anybody that he fell down. And the the bouncers will probably be mildly confused by the fact that she's monologuing, which is Columbo's opportunity to wave it off. He does the the wave off. I love that recurring thing. Yeah, so the and it keeps it kept occurring where the the last person that got monologued to would be the one to wave it off to the next person. Yeah. That I it's it reminds me each time it's not exactly the same thing, but it reminds me of at Sate one time uh, one of my instructors got sick of people deciding it was OK to be like a couple minutes late. And so he instructed us as we as as 
as people appeared late, the person before who had appeared late was to tell them was to like give them the monologue that he had instructed us all to give about like how it was unacceptable to be late anymore. And so we each had to like reprimand each other as like I was late. So I had to reprimand the next person. And then that person had to reprimand the next person. It just kind of reminded me. That's like a double punishment. Yeah, it really sucked. It's embarrassing. Yeah. And then you're responsible for punishing the next person. That's that's yeah, you being just you're punished again. Being an asshole. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're being punished by punishing somebody else. It, that's always yeah. been shit detail was it's brutal punishment duty. But yes, it does. It gets passed along in that same sort of way. And so Columbo dusts himself off and he takes a look at the bouncers. Who the hell are you guys? Well, we work for you. Yeah, we're with you. <laughs> huh? We work for you. Oh, maybe are they are they kind of dim and they only have like a few programmed responses? I don't know. That's not. Do they have NPC energy or are we going to give them personalities? Well, so are these guys... They work for him. Are they part of what is it? The Irish Inquisition? No, that's the Liam Neeson thing. That's a different thing. Yeah. Once upon a time, these the bouncers were going to be our Fargo cops. Were they? Uh huh. <laughs> that's crazy. OK, well, so who are these guys? Did we say that they do? They do work for Columbo, but he doesn't remember. That's what we're saying. Yeah. Yeah. His memory has a few gaps in it. Nothing because nothing in the outside has changed. So everybody who was there before is still there. And so are are these guys native creatures to the outside? Are these guys eldritch, whatever mystery things? They are probably they are probably in the appearance of just being guys, at least what they actually are might be left up to everyone's imagination. That's interesting. But they probably look like they came out of the Beetlejuice film. If they they ever if they ever show their if they ever show their real faces. okay. oh, they're no easy to find gifts of it. Are are they like from the waiting room in the nightmare place in Beetlejuice? I I was I was thinking that if he showed his true face, it'd be like Alec Baldwin stretching his mouth out. Right, right, right. Okay, okay. (laughs) which maybe I which maybe only happens when they sneeze or something. They just kind of lose their concentration for a moment and they wig out. I like that, too. But they're there as bouncers. Are they dressed like bouncers? That like because I've been kind of imagining guys that look like Johnny Bravo. Yeah, they. I think they look exactly the part. They're there bouncing the door, yeah. which hasn't been active in an, an indeterminate amount of time. In the outside, it doesn't really matter. So from the side that they're on, it's all whatever. It's Tuesday. That's interesting. So as they help Columbo to his feet, they ask him, so does this mean we're back in business? And he's like, what? Interesting. Uh, is, is that going to be an exposition dump where they tell Columbo what they've been doing here? For the club, you know? What club? The club. <laughs> like how they sound like Barney Rubble. <laughs> <laughs> That's what bouncers sound like to me in my head. <laughs> they all sound like Barney Rubble. For the club. I like how they club, Fred. (laughs) Or they sound like uh, Lenny from Of Mice and Men. In 2022, would people call that ableist? We're doing like a I'm a dumb guy voice. (laughs) They would probably call that some flavor of insensitive. Yeah, but it's so funny. It is. And there was nothing funny about what happened to Lenny. Nope. Or his mouse. Or his rabbit, or that lady, or... I, you know what? 
nobody has a good time in that book. It's a it's tragic. <laughs> yeah, it's a it's an American tragedy. Okay, but in this tale, which is not a tragedy. No, we've got a couple of just <clears throat> dumb Barney rubbles that look like Johnny Bravo. In fact, they're probably twins. Oh, of course. They're yeah, they're perfect duplicates of each other. They're gonna have crazy skull clad snake boots like the uh the twins from Breaking Bad. Oh yeah, yeah, sure. These twins, I think, probably mirror each other. Well, that'll be easy to animate. Yeah, so in instead of being perfectly identical, they are the same in the sense that they are mirror duplicates, but they yeah. are opposite in the same way that reflections would be. And I mean, so I don't know if they need to be doing a huge exposition dump, but do they need to at least describe a problem that they've been having? What problem have they been having? Well, I'm trying to figure out how Hitler is going to be coming in. Has Hitler been a recurring problem or Hitler is going to show up now? Hitler's going to show up once the club gets opened up, or at least once the door is actively flowing both ways again. And is that something that we're working on doing with this? Yes. Columbo's going to have to come back through eventually. In fact, this might be uh, the kind of bit that actually winds up being a two-parter where we have to do the, the intro sequence to it, and then Tucker and Todd have to go to the movies. And then when Tucker and Todd come back, they find out that the studio is now a fucking party house. Oh, okay. Because upon like, their I... yeah, upon their return, the club music is playing and lights are all the lights are on and a two parter enter... within the same episode. It's like a, it's so yeah. just a bookend bit. Yeah. So like Tucker and Todd are now yeah. We we wrap up the scene with Straight Detective and Columbo on the outside talking to their bouncers. And then we can transition to Tucker and Todd still staring in confusion at this brick wall. They open and close the door several times, just like, why won't it turn on? Oh, they're, then, they're trying to repeat like open and shut case. Yeah, they're, they're open oh, uh, and come shut on. case. <laughs> this, this works when the other guy does it. We said the magic words. You try and it. So, no, I don't yeah. want to say it again. <laughs> we've done this a hundred times <laughs> can we please just go fine let's get out of here we're there we're bored so we're gonna go to the movies well no we're hungry and i have coupons from christmas we can get free popcorn with our movie Ooh, i've been so poor that that has been a solution to eat before <laughs> uh, it was always just a jar of peanut butter there was a whole month in 2017 <laughs> that I was just going to the movie. <laughs> I was going to the movies off of birthday and Christmas coupons, living off of nachos and popcorn. <laughs> the world is horrible. Yeah. Okay. Now let us see. So we cut away. Should they at least describe that the the club needs to get up and running again? Yeah. Or are they yeah. That's that's. I mean, for the bouncers, it hasn't been like a particularly long period of time, but they are wondering if the if Columbo is going to get the club open again. And so that's Columbo's opportunity to say, what club? And he's like, the one through that door. Oh, yeah. Are you here to open the club? And then and then Columbo can be like the, that door. huh? And then this, the, the focus can shift back to the door and focus on it, stay on it, zoom in a little, and then it can zoom back out. And now it's Tucker and Todd staring at the door from the other side. Yeah, I like that. And then we can go from there. Now they're on their way to the movies to eat popcorn. 
and I guess watch a film. And the Maybe. film that they're the film that they're going to watch is the is, Rebels. Is Star Wars. Yes, the the film is. I think I wrote in here. It's just called The Rebellion. Yeah, I don't. I don't recall ever coming up with a name for it. Yeah, it's. But it's I remember a, it was. It's a critique on the Brexit. It was a. Ba- yeah, it was based on a conversation with your friend who was from. The oh, UK. He's from. He's from England. Yeah. Yes, and the joke was that uh, Britain are the rebels this time instead of the Empire. That in fact the European Union are the Empire. Now, I swear to God, I know we were just talking about it in the Discord chat. I swear to God that there was something that occurred that we said, hey, you know, this is a thing that we could toss in to update that Star Wars thing. Did it have anything to do with the royal family? Imperialism? Were we going to link anti-imperialism to the royal family? God damn it, I wish I knew. I feel Because I feel like it was good. It was some one of those things that I was excited to go back and do this remastering process for. I, I'm afraid I don't recall. <laughs> Maybe I'll recall if we if we go through the plot. I do remember the plot was they were like crust punks wearing Che Guevara shirts, and Christopher Lee was the leader of this utopian European Union. Yes, uh, and in fact, I've decided that Christopher Lee will remain British. But right. he is a loyalist to the Empire, which in this okay. case is not actually the British Empire, but is in fact the European Union. The European Empire? The E. Yeah. The E. <laughs> <laughs> the E. So Ad- You Admiral, know that I must remain loyal to the E. Admiral Dad is basically what we had called I, him. I do like Admiral Dad. That makes me laugh. That means the princess is his sassy daughter, and she's the leader of the rebel faction. Yeah, which is the UK. Uh, did we have any notable characters who could be standing in as this rebel person from our universe or from reality? Rebel people. Yeah, I uh, I don't know who would be a good princess. Christopher Lee is the greatest admiral dad I could think of. Yes. <clears throat> Had we, I know that at the time we had been loosely throwing around ideas of like what is now Queen Bay. And I think we had maybe talked about some sort of like TikTok princess. Oh, interesting. So could our sassy rebel princess be a TikTok influencer? Yeah, TikTok influencer. I'm just wondering now, I'm mulling it through my mind. Is this somewhere that we could bring in that deep learning AI teenage girl thing? I feel like that's too complex for this. That muddles it. This this is a middle sketch, and yes, and it's also we're not going to get to watch the entire movie, right? Because it turns out that Tucker talks at the theater, <laughs> <laughs> and so Tucker is heckling the film, <laughs> and eventually the the boys are going to be ejected. I like. I would like in the future if Tucker starts a conversation mid anecdote, and that's why I'm not allowed at the theater. Blah 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 on Tuesdays or whatever. <laughs> and that's why I'm not allowed at the matinee. Yeah. Ever again. <laughs> <laughs> so yes, we've got we've got Admiral Dad. He's a proud British man, but he also happens to be a supporter of the E. And he has chosen against the wishes of his rebel nation to remain in the service of the EE. So we're doing we're doing Star Wars and Brexit. And of course, 
since it's uh it's a socialist utopia the european empire is actually the good guys and the the rebels are not the morally superior underdog they're the bad guys so just like real life um i just was reminded something and i'm just looking into it i'm uh, i'm minutely faintly aware of a trend and a, a phrase that trends on tiktok and instagram which is that girl have you heard people refer to themselves as that girl i'm that girl how to tell that you're that girl no but i think i understand it um who is that girl that girl isn't just healthy she's professionally successful and looks her best at every moment she wakes up every morning oh that's not quite it's like yoga girls so it's not quite the same thing, but I thought it, it would have been really fucking cool if we could have just called this girl that girl, Princess That Girl. Yeah, I'm totally okay with Princess That Girl because we we have a brief exchange that we discussed where the princess calls the admiral just dad in a sassy voice, and he says, that's admiral dad to you, and then she gets to say, that's princess that girl to you. <laughs> You know, a proper sassy exchange that goes all the way around. Very well, princess, that girl. Get off my ship. Go back to your rebels. I'm, now I'm trying to map out a, a more complex version of it. That's Admiral Dad to you, girl. That's that girl to you, Dad. That's that girl. That's what, Dad? <laughs> <laughs> now it's just who's on first. <laughs> it is. <laughs> <laughs> if we continue this way we are barreling towards a misunderstanding princess thank you all right princess that girl <laughs> fine just get off my ship <laughs> and it turns out that's how she successfully browbeats the european empire into just allowing the brexit except we can probably you know leave some reference for a part two where the the entire you know brexit is left in like endless quagmire oh i like that the empire strikes back we we do a long yellow text scroll of exposition and then it's a, a like a five frame scene of the planet being blown up by the empire or the uh the the rebels being blown up by the empire and then it just rolls credits well, see, the, the Empire are, are peaceful and they're the good guys. But mm. one thing one thing that Brexit has definitely done, one thing that Brexit has definitely done is really loudly demonstrate a level of disharmony and a lack of unity to, you know, less scrupulous leaders like, you know, Puddin. Yeah. So obviously the sequel is like Puddin's Revenge or something. Oh, that's true. That's interesting. Yeah, especially because in in the sequel to Brexit, turns out Brexit is still just kind of dragging its ass. It's barely happening. It's it's going nowhere. And then Putin strikes. Putin strikes. Yeah, and then the les the 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 rebels finally decide that uh, they don't like Putin after all because they 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 love pudding over in Britain. Not anymore. Oh yeah, I guess I understand all different types of puddings. Yes. Sweet and savory puddings. Um. Oh, does the movie just turn into a, it breaks down into a weird, uh, like banal discussion of different puddings, and that's when it cuts to Tucker and Tuffy and like, okay, we got to get out of here. Are, so we're not. That's not even going to be in the sequel. They're going to break down and start discussing pudding just 
if if we need something to heckle, could just be as simple. Oh, as right. Them I starting forgot to, that. Yeah, I forgot about that detail. Could be as simple as them starting to discuss just like the greater political ramifications of extracting a major nation from a union and how it sort of destabilizes the entire thing from the top down. That's the heckling that you were imagining? I imagine the heckling begins with Tucker being like, "I, how dare they trick me into educational programming? Oh, what's the movie called? What did we think it was going to be? Well, it's. I think it's just called The Rebellion, and I, we were going looking for like an action adventure. Oh, and it and it starts out seemingly action and adventure, but eventually it just becomes like a political drama. But because because, because of... the the European Empire is peaceful, so everything is done diplomatically. Um, if the if the font if it's like because they're sort of because they're sort of like uh crust punky it's not exactly the same thing but if 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 it's called the rebels and the font is like the warriors yeah that'll give us the wrong idea going in yeah hey, look at this look at this poster that looks kind of funny this badass yeah <laughs> back before you could really easily just youtube a movie trailer and, and get an idea of what it is right so if you go to the if you go to the theater and you just base your choice off of which poster looks the coolest Oh man, none taken two is sold out. I guess we'll have to pick something else. <laughs> yeah, I was trying to figure out if 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 it was a po- a poster gag of like seen it, seen it, seen it. Oh, I like that. Yeah, seen it, seen it. Hey, none taken two sold out. We'll take two tickets to none taken two, please. That's sold out. Shit. And then we Were immediately we... resume our little march along the posters. <laughs> seen it? No, romantic. Is it one of the is it the dumb thing where Todd was trying to say, hey, I want to see that that Rebels movie. And Tucker says, no, that looks stupid. Let's see this none taken two. And then we get there and, and it's sold out. And they say the only one that we have tickets left for is the Rebels. Let's do everything that you want to do. <laughs> that old chestnut. <laughs> <laughs> Except if the movie poster looks cool enough, Tucker will be into it. Yeah, of course. Like, yeah, you know what? That poster looks pretty cool. Oh, yeah. And that part is important for you being the one who's like, hey, yeah, I thought this was going to be actiony, but it's just people talking. This is like that face movie from last week. This is even worse than that face movie from last (laughs) week, because at least somebody got shot in that one. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, no kidding. This is this is a lie. We got 45 minutes. Let's do our headliner. All right, so yes, Tucker Tucker heckles and gets ejected. Gets them both ejected, so they, they wander forlornly back to the studio. The place is bouncing. There's a party going on. They're like, what the hell is happening here? They wander in. Straight Detective is dancing with Abe Lincoln. The Abe Lincoln? Historical figures are coming in through that door. Oh, okay, that's fun. Yeah, the, do- the door is open. The vortex bit... Yeah, the vortex bit is like not there. It's it's literally a straight shot directly to that outside. We can see the street lamp. We can see the bus bench. We see the stanchions and we see a lineup of historical figures. One of them is being allowed in by the bouncers and it's Hitler. Do we have an immediate reaction to that of like, hey, 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 hey. Or do we have an interaction with him? We don't know who he is. And then we have an interaction with him. They were like, this guy stinks. Yeah, I'm I'm I have a feeling that somebody is going to have to detect that this is this this is some kind of breach. 
but I don't think it'll be us. I don't think we're quite clever enough. Would that would that be one of our robots? Oh, yeah, I suppose yeah, somebody. EG might do that. Yeah, we've got our we've got the bouncers outside. We've got to have somebody bouncing inside, just generally keeping an eye on stuff. And I think if anybody's got like a weird facial recognition scanner going on, it'll be Craig and Gigi. Mm. Does Craig come over and try to get our attention? He's like tapping us on the shoulder. Say, excuse me, sir. Excuse me, sir. I really was talking to you, but he can't get our attention. And then Gigi turns around and scares the shit out of us. All right. Is Craig still in his cardboard box computer body now that we gave him one last episode? That is what we did last episode. Yeah, that um, would explain why he needs somebody else's help to do anything about this. Yeah. <laughs> he doesn't He doesn't have any arms. He doesn't have his cool tank treads. No, he's just got flaps. Yeah, he, he's just kind of makes like a weird kind of fuzzy floating noise. Like he sounds like one of those the one of those robots off the Jetsons. Okay, so how does that work then? Now that he is how did how did I say that GG worked? It was just G a color change. Yeah, something like that. But what one of them has a facial recognition thing. Uh, it trips an alarm. Okay, that's good. Trips an alarm it's a and a dumb sounding alarm. Yeah, it's it's a dumb sounding alarm. It's like ear, no, ear, it, ear. no wait, no, it's a, it's a mooing sound effect. And we're like, what the fuck is that? And <laughs> and Craig says, I don't know. Straight woman said it, or straight detective said it. Oh, she, she's pining for <laughs> she, her head <laughs> <laughs> uh, that, That's an opportunity for her to just have like a wistful, forlorn look. I, I enjoy it, the, I like the club is in party mode and then all of a sudden, and it all, everybody stops and like, <laughs> is like looking around going like, alarm. what, what? What the hell is that? <laughs> what is this? That is the worst alarm. Ooh. <laughs> oh, is, right. it, is it more like, is it that? Moo. Moo. Oh, that one. Moo. Moo. Oreo. Oreo. I love Oreos. Okay. Yeah. So the, the alarm goes off spotlight yeah music stops a spotlight comes directly down on hitler and that's when colombo gets to step in since since in our in our universe hitler's like uh really small and unintimidating he's kind of like south park's uh saddam yeah he's just a small whiny little bastard so colombo has no trouble just like ejecting him he like drop kicks him in a very similar way to uh how tim curry once did because he's because he's uh like sneaking in is he dressed as a historical figure as i mean technically as we've done before yes he is dressed as i either that or he's he dressed is as dressed Lincoln. as you described and he's in like uh like a oh, cyberpunk club looking club attire yeah I, I which like it that. still counts as a disguise the orange fishnet shirt <laughs> oh yeah with full sleeves yeah and he's got like a necklace made out of glow sticks he's got like uh spiky bleached hair yeah oh god i hate him <laughs> like i mean i I already hated him but now i hate hitler even more because we've we've given him a grotesque aesthetic so yes he trips the alarm the moo alarm he gets I'm here. Drop kicked <laughs> out the door i'm here to eradicate the groove <laughs> <laughs> oh wow 
watch this move. I call it the final solution. <laughs> and then he tries to bust a move and gets drop kicked right out the door. And so he, he, go, he goes into a tumbling somersault flying off into the infinity of the outside. Okay, that's good. Yeah, there's, there's nothing Everybody to stop cheers. his travel. Yeah, they all cheer. And then somebody probably like pats the no Hitler sign and then gives like a, a bit of a warning to the bouncers outside. And that's the opportunity for us to, to get a headache from listening to this mooing alarm. And then the music starts up again. And we're like, this is, this is pounding too loud. So we're actually going to go upstairs to our studio and we're going to actually go do some work without being told to, because this is actually not our scene. I like that. So we're actually retreating for once. Our work is an escape. We're being do driven we, away do- from the fun towards our little study. Do we make any kind of like self-referential reference to that of like, hey, we're doing work to escape life or whatever. It's escape fun. Escape the party. Don't think about it too hard, Todd. <laughs> I don't. Uh, I, yeah, I, 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 I know you don't, Tucker. You never think about anything. If you did, we'd still be watching the Rebels. Whatever. But we're not. So we're going to popcorn. We're, so we're going to go right. Yes, we we're going to go work on a sketch. We're going to go write the noisemaker, which which I think is pretty appropriate because that's what we're escaping is some noise. Oh, that's interesting. Hey, you know what this reminds me of? We were going to do a sketch called. Hmm, there's a better way to do that, but it is interesting. They link together. Hold <clears throat> this. All the noise, noise, noise. Very <laughs> Grinch. <laughs> the noise. <laughs> Yeah, that's an opportunity for a, a Grinch scene to be like, hey, hey, I think we have some. Hang on, that reminds me. And then it's time to go into the note pile. Yeah, I, I thought so. We have something for this. The hell is this noisemaker? Oh, I thought at first I thought you said that you were saying like like a, a, a mail pile. No, we got we got a pile of just like loose, discarded, half finished notes all over the place in the in the study. Anytime we need to find a bit, it's just like our our uh, list of premises, basically. So does that mean then we transition directly from writing, like, hey, let's write this thing into now it's in the scene? Yeah, basically, we'll we'll do our little, you know, dream fade in transition. Yeah, where where it's like, hey, I look just just like I thought. We've got this here, the the noisemaker. Hey, let me see that. Let's see. Three men in a tub and then <laughs> transition. And then there we go. There's three men in a tub and there's one standing on the side. He can't fit. I like that. The voiceover three men in a tub and then it fades in on three men in a tub. And then the voiceover saying technically it was four. But the other guy was like, you know, Pete best. Yeah, he couldn't. He couldn't fit. And that's an opportunity for the camera to zoom out slightly to show that there is, in fact, a fourth guy standing yeah, off just, to the just side. outside the frame. Yeah. Yeah. Technically, yeah, there was a fourth guy. Here. <laughs> rub a dub dub fourth guy i thought it was three men in the tub yeah well nobody ever talks about the fourth man and and yeah from there we transition into the scene okay so i want to yeah the scene you said what was so what was all of this about an mlm because i feel like that could be co-opted into many things that we've done oh well during our original discussion of the noisemaker one of the things that the noisemaker who is a Z like a Z list Z list celebrity. Basically he's even less famous than Kathy Griffin before she chopped off Trump's head is that while not only is he spending all of his time, like 
kind of just barely keeping his head above water, but never being able to attain the success of the three, the big three, the butcher baker and candlestick maker, the three guys in the tub. Uh, one thing he does get into is an MLM as their celebrity spokesperson. Right. Because so- he, he's the best that this shitty little MLM can afford, and they're the best that he can do. And we came up with the noisemaker sketch before we had done any of the big world building in which we started establishing corporations and companies in our world. That's correct. Um, Do you, as you were putting your notes together, do you think that this MLM that he worked for was actually one of the, like, I'm thinking like fantasology when you say it, since he's a Zealous celebrity. Oh, it it definitely could be, in which case we're going to remove Stan from it. Remove Stan from it? Yeah, uh, one of the things we had discussed was that Stan would be involved in this MLM. Okay. But if if we're going to make it a fantasology one, we're I think we should keep Stan away from that. What's the current state of Stan again? Last year, he, was he not? Stan, he was is, Stan is alive. He's alive. Uh, he was I don't hanging believe out with Columbo or no? Yeah, he was hanging out with Columbo. I don't believe he joined us last week to hang out in the timelines that were getting torn up right yeah i don't believe he joined us so he's uh off doing whatever maybe he is doing currently you know voice marketing calling people up and bothering them to buy some of his volume because he's garage certified buy some of his volume because he's garage certified that i yes, totally miss. what does that mean that is some mlm jargon Oh, if you're okay. gar- if you're garage certified, that means your garage is full of shit from the MLM that you have unsuccessfully oh, sold. And yeah. that's called that that stuff that you want to sell is called volume. That's your volume. I get it. Yeah. So your your volume is in, in the case of trying to move it, that would be the amount that you move each month and you have volume quotas. And so um, you purchase some of this stuff from the MLM. Because they don't pay attention to how much you sell. They pay attention to how much you buy. So if you keep your volume up, then you keep your membership in the MLM higher. And then the onus is on you to try and then sell that volume. Thus, garage certified. You've got a garage full of shit you bought from them to keep your space in the MLM. Right. So in your in your extensive note making, did you did a lot of the notes that you make have to do with how Stan was involved? Because I don't want to run away. Oh, okay. No, the, it, all he got was a mention. Okay, well, if he just got a mention, then he can have just a little cameo. Yeah, in fact, he doesn't even have to be uh, on screen. He can just be a voice. Well, what would we yeah, just what, show who he's calling? What even was his role? Was he kind of like the 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 one that got us all involved or whatever? I think he was just a distributor, but he none of the rest of us were involved. It was all just our noisemaker and then stan was just a cameo okay 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 but most of my notes actually focus on his status as a z-list celebrity well then i guess if we're doing the 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 thing where we're popping in and out of perspectives of being in the writing room and then being in the sketch that could be a part where we pull out and go hey we could this this is what we could still wouldn't it be funny if we stick stan in a cameo or something like that make a reference to it we stick him in a cameo do we know Stan is alive? I mean, we know we know we have a bear that's named Stan. Hmm. Do could we can anthropomorphize him without knowing that he's actually alive? I mean, that could pay off as a cool like you were alive the whole time. <laughs> 
we got the voice just right. But if if we do pull away, I think I think what we would do would say like, why don't we give what what's he doing? Why don't we give him something to do besides just MTV interviews about his book? Yeah, because that's a big a big part of what he's up to as a a zealous celebrity who's riding on the coat coattails of those three titans. The yeah, this the noisemaker guy. So he wrote a book. About yes, he, he wrote a book, The Untold story. Stories, What You Don't Know About the Butcher, the Baker, and the Candlestick Maker. Because they were all in a thing once upon a time, all of them together in their youth. Whereas those three took off, this guy never actually managed to get any level of success. So he doesn't even have like Bojack Horseman status, where he's a has-been. He's a never-been. And, and we didn't give him any sort of parody identity? He's the fifth Beatle, the fourth Musketeer. That 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 was all he yeah. got. He's the noisemaker. I'm just trying. the The noisemaker is such a convenient name to stick with somebody. If you were going to be like lampooning somebody who goes around making a whole bunch of you know noise. Well, that's probably why I that that's probably why I put Kathy Griffin's name in here somewhere because that's mostly all she does. But she does a lot of that, you know, the untold stories of how people actually interact in Hollywood and all that. Yeah, especially Cher. I'm Cher. Uh, yeah, I guess if it's if we're doing like the Z list thing, too. <clears throat> but that that is um, he's got his book. So he's still got like his tiny, tiny, tiny level of success and fame. Yeah. Almost all of which he has just because he once brushed shoulders with these people who have gone on to become absolute titans. But he he holds on just enough that he doesn't completely disappear into obscurity. He is Z-list. He's still a celebrity. But he, he lucks into a celebrity spokesperson position for the shittiest MLM in history. If it's fantasology, I'm okay with that. But what are they selling in their MLM? Well, are we, are we mean... going to go full Scientology with it? And what they're selling is uh, basically just spirit readings what well, is this actually building to anything it might it might not that that'll depend on how tucker and todd feel about it once they get writing it a while because if they feel like it's not going anywhere they can actually just put it down and go back to the party but we did we did include a, a section where the noisemaker gets an opportunity to invest in youtube when it's a fledgling enterprise right but he doesn't trust the internet so once again he squanders opportunity and I think we discussed that like more and more he turns like gray, whereas the world around him stays in color and continues to progress without him. It had a downer ending. That is a downer ending. Yeah, the, the noisemaker just kind of stagnates and drifts into obscurity until eventually he's completely trapped in the past. OK, I need to make some notes so I can visualize because this is not connecting in my brain. Give me well, how, how about he gets how about he gets so trapped in the past that he winds up coming through the door into the party? Oh, that's interesting. If he gets so trapped in the past and then I still need to take notes. So give me a moment. I'm putting that at the top. Okay, so we've got this. This beetle is working for we can also detail what particular thing the noisemaker and the other three actually did that made three of them famous and left one of them behind. Some kind of show. 
Um, we never really detailed what it was besides maybe a sitcom. Which, um, yeah, I'm trying to. I'm. I. I'm. I like the coming through the door thing because then that. If he came through the door, that means something weird happens, and that means he has a problem that he's trying to solve. He got so trapped in the past because this feels sort of like a. So it feels sort of like a, a Dirk Gently sort of thing. Ooh. Where, right? I do love Dirk Gently. Where this this guy in the past had some fame, and then in the future he spends so much time thinking about his past that he ends up there, and then comes through a portal from the past. And even even I more guess, interestingly, is he's a figment of our imagination, and now he's just walked into our studio. Oh, I'm, but I mean that that in itself sets us up nicely for the beginning of season two, because mm-hmm. I'm because I'm, I'm trying to do something a little bit epic and tie things together a little bit with this sketch. I want to tap into the the big vein of Tucker and Todd and 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 what it is. And and kind of hint at, at, at the epicness that's going to come next season. So, I like the idea that we maybe we don't even understand that we've done it, but we start to catch a glimpse at kind of like our powers and our connection to whatever is on the other side of that door. That that gives us a sort of a crossroads. We have two options: either we are somehow coming up with stories that actually correlate to real world events that we're unaware of, which would be like psychic stuff. That's Dirk Gently level. Mm -hmm. Or we're thinking these things into being like what we write becomes real in the outside, which is also a Dirk Gently thing. So I guess both paths lead to Dirk Gently, but in a different way. (laughs) Are we cosmically aware of events occurring elsewhere and writing them down or are we writing stuff down and those things are then becoming real? I mean, obviously both. Ooh, how, how do we do both? I want to know. Okay, what is the first option? We have some sort of intuition which allows yeah, us... Yeah, first, first option is the stuff we think we're just making up is something that's actually occurred, either in, in real world in the past or maybe like in an alternate reality so that we're not actually guilty of just like ripping off real world events in universe and i mean here's the thing some things some things that we describe in our notes and speak into existence we aren't aware of and we are only have access to the notes because of our past that we're not aware of in which we had access to the outside and those things exist in the outside even though we're not aware of them oh that's that i guess that's almost like a third option yeah, is is we've left all these notes for ourselves based on information that no longer exists, in a sense. I think in different sorts of situations, it can be yes. one or the other. Yes, I think I think you're right. The answer is all of the above, and it'll yeah. just be case by case as to which one it is. Right. In this case, maybe we have thought him into being. the 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 ending is just so profoundly downer and and grim to us. Especially to us, because <laughs> we're not even zealous celebrities, these poor guys. Yeah. So if if things are that bad for him, then what's, what's life like for Tucker and Todd? And so it, it's so profoundly like dour and grim that, that it resonates and makes this guy just real. 
And now he's in line to get into the club. Oh, I like that. We take a long as we're describing this, this thing we take a long beat staring at each other and go, man, that's a bit too real. No kidding. Yeah, that's yeah, yeah, that's that. Yeah, that's an opportunity for us to back right back out of the sketch to us in the in the study. We set the notes down and yeah, look at each other kind of blank. That's enough staring into the abyss for now. Let's go check out that party again. Then we go down to the party. And, and it turns out the abyss is staring back into us. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but I'm thinking that either straight woman, straight detective or Columbo is talking to some new stranger guy. And because we have described this noisemaker, we came up with him and we've called him by name. But because he's a figment of our imagination, we've never seen him. And so we meet this guy and he calls himself by name. And we're like, wait a second. What? And he goes, yeah, I'm something. Some, blah, blah, blah. Like we're we. Do we have no conception at all what he looks like or have we described him a little bit enough? So not enough to recognize him immediately, but enough that he stands out a little bit from a crowd. Like we did say he started like turning gray and colorless, right? Maybe he is gray and colorless and that's pretty severely, you know, uh, jarring around it, surrounded by all these like (gasps) club colors. Uh, new question are we is this a possibility i know i I feel like i had mentioned something in one of them i'm gonna look it up in one of the more recent episodes but had we mandela is this a good reason to bring in the mandela lorian oh you mean would this particular bounty hunter go hunting after things that come into being that shouldn't um he's he's here to curb uh on a an anomaly well because how had we how would we specifically phrase that that the mandela larian hunts for forgotten memories was that it forgotten thoughts misconstrued well, he, thoughts yeah he he, thoughts. he hunts for the things that are the you know the mandela effect right so so things that are collectively misremembered this guy it... has never been thought of by anybody but us before right although the the kind of wash out z-list celebrity is kind of you know part of the pulse well i mean is there a chance that the way that he remembers his past is not the way that we remember the past or we remember his past i don't think that that's the way that we said it well here's the thing is maybe we're so vague with his past that he's not exactly sure where the hell he comes from either we didn't give him a lot to think about Right. Are are we trying to are we trying to help him get back to himself or are we just being presented with this bizarre anomaly and then Oh, I think that trying to get him back to anything is a mistake and the correct course is to actually get him to let go of the past and oh, okay. live in the here and now. Right. So maybe it's an opportunity for Tucker and Todd to do something somewhat nice for somebody and actually like get serious and real for just half a second tell this guy that the only time that really exists is the here and now and that living in the past is only going to interfere with that and as we give this guy his little pep talk color starts coming back into him i like that and then we have one of two choices because one of the choices is to go the south park route if you recall that episode where people started coming back in time to get jobs because the future sucked. Maybe. And then one of the proposed solutions was to just have nonstop gay sex so that there is no future. 
and uh, and of course the alternative solution was to just start solving problems now so that they don't persist into the future and so people start planting trees and cleaning rivers and eliminating pollution and and otherwise switching to green energy and stuff and you start seeing the future people fade away but everybody's like nope this is stupid everybody jump back into the gay sex pile <laughs> and so that's uh, the, one of the options is for our friend our new friend who is starting to become colorful again to say no nope, this is stupid i'm going to go live in the past some more and he turns gray again and he leaves or otherwise just stays stuck in his ways or we play it straight and we actually make a new character because now he's going to be living in this time period in this reality as a full colored person. Well, so and and actually in order to stretch it out a little bit and put some of the meat in this part, rather than just simply having him gain his color from hearing our pep talk, does he do we have a little montage of him going out and actually trying to live in the present and then after putting a whole bunch of effort and maybe like a uh, an earnest song over the song montage he cuts it there's the record scratch and he cuts it short this. and he's like nope this sucks <laughs> nope this is stupid going back to being miserable <laughs> yes i that's the correct way to do it so basically fuck this back into the gay sex pile right yeah i like that because <laughs> that's what they did they did a montage of just conscientious activities yeah conscientious so, so activities. We can, i can imagine the uh what do they call it like the uh not a war anthem but i can imagine like a bob denver song playing over and yep. then all we're the gonna people make the world gather together to do the best to shine up the earth and everyone they held their hands and sparkled in gladness and it was good <laughs> yep and of course it starts having visible meaningful change and then they quit anyways they're like nope this is stupid because yeah it's <laughs> nice that the change is occurring but uh subjectively it sucks <laughs> yeah this isn't fun this is lame back in the sex pile that's good so yeah well we give him his pep talk maybe he gets like a little glimmer of color maybe just in the eyes or something we've we've sowed the seed of hope and and then the scene transitions to him. He leaves the studio. He leaves the unce, unce, unce behind and he goes out into the world and he starts, you know, taking command of his life. He goes and gets a new agent. He goes and he gets some interviews, some auditions and stuff. He he gets a place. Not it's not a prestigious it's not a prestigious show, but it is a show. And he, he we get to see him walk off the set after, you know, a day of like good recording or whatever. And there he is in his trailer staring at a, probably a framed picture. And he's like, you know what? This is stupid. <laughs> and and then he goes back to being miserable and back in the past. And uh, or does it, or do we, do we escalate? He goes and he kills the three guys. And now in the <laughs> new timeline. They, they exist now too. <laughs> <laughs> And we're, 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 oh, we, this is where we can do another, <laughs> our earnest, earnest news guy, earnest news anchor is doing a, a story about the man known as the noisemaker is taking the lives of his. And we're going like, I thought we made all that. We're looking in horror, like, dude, something <laughs> terribly bad is happening. I like that. That means, that means he's got, he's sitting in his trailer and he's staring into this framed picture. 
And that's when we get like this tense music. We can almost hear a heartbeat playing in the track and it's getting faster. And, <laughs> and the look on his face gets more and more serious until he slams the picture down. And he's like, I can't do this. He storms out of his trailer. And then we can see the framed picture is actually of his three amigos. And then and then I guess the, the next day we turn on the news and there's our Anderson Coopist. Yeah. <laughs> he's telling us about a triple homicide. <laughs> <laughs> and it's in the newspaper on the on the coffee table nearby and we're just like jesus christ i thought we made that up <laughs> yes so yes very much like that i agree yeah and i like that and the whole idea of looking at each other in terror and being like something is like terribly wrong yeah, this is this is bad so good for season two episode one which is all about accidentally bringing monstrosities into life with our imagination Yes. Awesome. And also, I think just to frame the entire setting, uh, the studio should be a total mess. Oh, after the place the party. is full of red solo cups and just <laughs> yeah. puddles of I'm not sure what that is, you know, and there are people just like sleeping on the floor. Abe Lincoln has his hat upside down with like a bong sticking out of it. He's just like everybody's a mess. All these historic figures are still here. They're all just wasted. Yeah. I like that. And I don't know, maybe that's an opportunity for another Hitler to kind of be like quietly skulking around in the background. Nobody notices. Oh, he's like taking people's change from their purses and stuff. Oh, he, yeah, he's stealing their gold. Scavenging. Well done, Hitler, you <laughs> piece of shit. We, we condemn you and everything that you stand for. That's what we're about. Yeah, that's why we have a sign that says no Hitlers. Get the fuck out of our studio already. But anyways, he's sneaking around back there while the uh, camera is panned, you know, to focus on us where we, we respond to Anderson Koopas' little news bit, our our shock and dismay. Because I suppose we're not quite smart enough to clue in to the notion that the stuff we write is coming into being. We probably, I mean, after all, we have already encountered the noisemaker. We probably That's that count- guy. <laughs> yeah. Hey, we know that guy. <laughs> hey, wait oh, a that's minute. That's a bad guy. <laughs> yeah, that's a that's a bad. That's that's not a good guy. Wow. I regret giving him a pep talk. That's funny. It, he he left a message that specifically like cites the the man. <laughs> this cites is all thanks to Tucker. Tucker. And Tom. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, dude. Uh, delete. Delete that. Erase that. Oh, it's all thanks to you two that I found my calling in life. I've put we, my we I've finally TV. Yeah, I've finally buried my past alive. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. Does that mean we're the bad guy? No, straight, no. Straight to Detective We've... comes in with her newspaper. Hey, did you guys hear that? Read this newspaper article about nope. this guy that's. <laughs> no, we tear it out of her hands. Yeah. No, nope. chew it up. Go <laughs> <laughs> Tasmanian yeah. devil on it. <laughs> yeah. It shreds. Just uh... in a in a quiet bit of correspondence between Todd and Tucker. Does this mean we're the bad guys? No, no. Oh, We've hardly that... killed anybody. And that's and maybe so maybe it was. Yeah, I don't know. Somebody else came in with that. But that's when. Hey, guys, I think you should see this. We look out the window and that's the press is outside the door. Oh, this place. And, is, and we're excited. Place is a mess. Our oh, numbers the, are going to go press, through the roof. The press is interviewing like we're passed famous. out 
a passed out former president in the front yard. Oh, yeah. That's funny. Yeah. uh, (laughs) Somebody, somebody embarrassing to have interviewed is outside with no pants on. Jimmy, what's his nuts? He's just. (laughs) Jimmy, who? I can't remember his name. What's his name? Jimmy President. Jimmy Carter? Yeah, Jimmy Carter. Oh, yeah. Jimmy, uh, a former president. Better if he's a dead one, too. He's not dead, though. I think he's just got a stroke voice. No, no, I I think that's one of the living ones. But, of course, (laughs) our version is much younger, suspiciously so. He's there. He's got his Habitat for Humanity costume on. It's a T-shirt, and that's all he's wearing. (laughs) (laughs) He's just out on the front lawn shirt cocking it. Mr. President. And like an ironically bad trucker hat, like not necessarily a mega hat, but like in that, like in that scope. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I'm, I'm with that. Even if it doesn't say anything on it, just like the shape of a bad trucker hat is bad. Make my wife blow me again or something like that. (laughs) Any, any of those like really stupid things that they could say. And they say all kinds of things. Yeah. Woke this. Even better if it's uh, something that was considered dull and tasteless from that era. Oh, yeah. Which would make it wildly offensive now. That's funny. Okay. Um... So, yes, the the press is currently trying to interview President Jimmy Carter out on our front lawn. I guess we don't really have a front lawn, but out out the front of the studio. Yeah. They're they're picking him out of a, a garbage bin that's been tipped over. And so, yeah, does it end on us just looking out the front or out the window worrying? Yeah, probably. I think we can be looking out the window and there's there's like a, you know, that little music cue that that music cue that just says, "Uh oh, you guys have done it now. Oh, yeah, I, that was the, that was what it was. Are we worried that everybody's here and that this is a problem or are we more excited that like, wow, we're going to be famous? I think since there are two of us, we can have it both ways. Oh, of course. Todd is thoughtful and conscientious. So he is deeply concerned about the ramifications of how we set a murderer on his path and why we have all of these people at this party. I mean, we probably have a bunch of noise complaints and everything. The police are probably outside, too. And then Tucker is like, this is going to be great for our numbers. Yeah, he whips out his phone. Our Todd talk numbers are going to be through the roof. We're already trending. And yeah, there's probably like a news helicopter that has our studio on the TV. That's our house. Look, I can see you in the window. Shit, close the blinds. No, Tucker starts rubbing. He does a press ham on the window. (laughs) Tucker. Tucker would too. Get a load of this moon. (laughs) And I think that's it. That's that's probably... Actually, straight detective probably closed the blinds on us and pulls us out of there. And then I assume the credits play over what appears to be a news anchor interviewing a bottomless President Jimmy Carter. <laughs> I like it. Yeah, I like that. Um, do we need to tidy up or tie up any loose ends regarding Columbo and straight detective? We left them in the outside. And then the next time we saw them, they were in the house in the club. Should we make any reference to that? Well, they the bouncers did discuss opening up the club again. So, like, how much of how much of that process do you want to be 
implicit and how much do you want to be explicit? Do you want to actually detail them setting up the stanchions and making a couple of calls and getting getting everybody invited to the club? Yeah, I don't I don't know how much of that needs to end up being shown. Otherwise, uh, the only loose end I really think of is just Columbo finding his way back into the studio through that door that he had a little bit of trouble getting to activate in the first place. Right. But I'm comfortable leaving that implicit, at least for now as well. We can always do a callback later. Oh, maybe. So does does the door now work with 100% uh what's it called like dependability do you do you think it should be consistently functional or should it be should it be like um something with like a a bad wire in it where it sometimes works sometimes doesn't flickers off at uh unfortunate times oh actually maybe maybe it's totally controlled by columbia because i was trying to think of like a cute little post-credit sequence and it could be straight detective doing the three swings on the door going open and shut or is she, or is she maybe no not saying the lines but she's swinging the door open looking at Columbo going how was it that you did that again and he, and he says don't even worry about the door just look at this and he just kind of he says open and shut case and snaps and they end up in the outside and he's like it has nothing to do with the door interesting but but we need it to have something to do with the door yeah that's true hmm. But I, like I, I wanted, to, yeah. I do like it being like rec- now that the the in the wake of the the great big restore, now it needs direct intervention to work. I do like that. Yeah, because then we can't just like go through willy nilly whenever we like. But I, um, I also well, like the idea that it. Um, I also like it the idea that it doesn't perfectly consistently work for Columbo either. Right. Because that way we can have some holodeck malfunction episodes with it. Oh, maybe that's actually the to to establish that it doesn't perfectly work for him. Because based on this episode, it seems like it does. The post credit sequence is her asking, "Can you show me how you did that?" And he tries to do it, and it doesn't work. It's just a brick wall, and he shrugs. And he's like, "No, nope, I don't know. Some days Whatever. you got it, some days you don't." Yeah, must be on the fritz. Yeah, because <laughs> it didn't work the very first time he used it. Right, and then it, and then it it suspiciously worked when he opened it. Or no, the very first time he used it, it suspiciously did work, but he didn't see it. He didn't notice, yeah. And then he closed it, and then he opened it again, and it didn't work. And then it did again, and then he got sucked in. Right. Okay. I like. Okay. I'm good with that. Yeah. It it mm. it, it is a bit finicky because hmm, it doesn't work. And yes, I do think there's uh that's the opportunity for a post credit scene where we we double down on that, and he can't get it to work at all. Yeah. It's like, huh? Because uh, I was just lucky. Yeah, must must be finicky. Must not be working today on the fritz. Maybe you should call an electrician. Jim Carrey shows up. <laughs> oh, I like that. Because that would be the perfect guy. opportunity. The front door gets kicked in and there's there's Larry the cable guy. <laughs> 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 and then that's just like a, a musical beat and then the screen goes black. Yeah. Just on his smile. He's not even an electrician, but I, he's who I would call. <laughs> exactly, right? I trust his judgment. <laughs> for for a weird uh weird door? Yeah, I would call Larry the yeah. cable guy. That is funny. Um shit. I had noted in my head what I th- thought I wanted to call the episode, but now I've forgotten. Admiral Dad. I think it was around that. Admiral Dad is good. There was where did we do a pun? Oh, I it mean, was the open was... and shut case. 
Oh, open and shut case. I like that. Yeah. We've already done the coldest case. This one might as well be open and shut. Almost almost every title in the season is a Columbo reference. <laughs> this is his season in a lot it of is, ways. Yeah. I mean, this is this is the we introduce all of the major characters. Well, I mean, I think Columbo was the first character that we came up with as a consistent recurring character before Tucker and Todd were characters. Yeah, actually, uh, Columbo existed before Basil Fawlty did. Yeah. Columbo was the first named character that we've ever had in the show. He was in the very first one where we the premise was uh, rival brothers. One of them had been murdered and he right, deliberately yeah. botched the investigation. <laughs> rival brothers. Wasn't there some weird thing about how they were like uncomfortably uncomfortable touchers or something like that? I think so. But one, one of them had a had an alcohol empire and one of them had a drug empire. Interesting. Yeah, they were both they were both doing substances. But one had one had murdered the other and Columbo was covering it up. He was investigating it wrong on purpose. That's his thing. <laughs> That's just one more thing. <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> open and shut we, case. We only have one more thing to do in this episode. And that is to say good night. Yeah, it's to say good night, everybody. Good night, everybody, and thanks for tuning in for an open and shut case. I don't know where to go from there. <laughs> I I've been your host, Tucker. And I've been your other host, Todd. Thank and you, Gigi and Craig. Thank and you, Robots. The audience. <laughs> yes, thank you, Robots. Otherwise, Hitler would have gotten in. Yeah. Can't stand that guy. He's the worst. He's All the right, worst. How do I... Good night, everybody. Oh,